This, 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 this is mythical. Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever and so is finally moving in together, just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Yes. Pets so that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. Before we get started today, we wanna let you know that yes, we are coming potentially to a town near you for a night of unpredictable comedy and music. We're gonna be in Las Vegas on June 21st, Salt Lake City on June 22nd, Denver on June 23rd, Milwaukee on the 25th, Indianapolis on the 26th, Detroit on the 27th, Omaha, Nebraska on the 29th, and on the 30th of June, we'll be in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And then it, starting in September, we're gonna pick up in Houston, Texas, September 4th, New Orleans, September 5th, Birmingham, Alabama, the 6th, Jacksonville, Florida, the 7th, Tampa, Florida, the 8th, Albuquerque, New Mexico, November 20th, Phoenix, Arizona, the 21st, Sacramento, California, the 22nd, and Valley Center, California, November 23rd. Go to retinlinklive.com for more info and to buy your ticks. Let's do a biscuit. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we're asking the question, what's the question? Oh, what's the secret? to 18 plus years of marriage. Such an important question that you nearly forgot it. Uh, we've recently celebrated our wedding anniversaries. Like I've been married to Christy for over 19 years and as of the, the recording of this, you've been married to Jesse almost 18 years. We decided to celebrate our anniversaries on uh, your weekend because it was Memorial mm -hmm. Day weekend, so we get yeah. a three-day weekend, which means you celebrate your anniversary on your anniversary and I celebrate my anniversary a week before my anniversary. That's I'm forcing your hand. Now, I will have to then celebrate my actual anniversary, but it'll be a low-key affair. You'll be like, remember a couple weeks back when well, we celebrated this? Well, it's just a week back because my actual anniversary is June 2nd, uh, which is, you know, I'm not even gonna say when we're recording this, but it's a few days away. <laughs> One day after your birthday, big boy. That's coming up. Big boy's gonna be. I'm catching up with you, man. I'm, I'm ticking you, over to you're 41. Gonna, you're gonna be the same age. Same age. Yeah, that's happened a lot. <laughs> you know? It means more now, though, because 41, from man. October 11th it's a lot to more hopeless June than 1st, we're not the same age. And then from June 1st to October 11th, we are the same age. You ever thought about that? Yeah. Hey, that's not, this isn't about. No, it's not about this us. This isn't about our birthdays. This is about our marriages. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna expose right. all the secrets. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna I, it's not like I've got some thoughts, but at the same time I don't I don't I don't wanna set this up like, hey, we've got the key to a long lasting marriage. Even though you, we did, but if you using stick the around question. for fifty minutes, you yep. can find out the answer. We're gonna talk about our anniversary trips, what we did and any hijinks that resulted from that. Oh and then snap. um 
hopefully find a landing point, which is the secret to a long marriage. <laughs> yeah. But before we do that, I do want to. You're getting to ads already? Uh, no, no. When you say something like that, I think you're about to do an ad. People are already trying to skip forward. No, don't skip, this is not an ad. Um, this is just an update because when you turn 41, I would really like you to come uh, to my house. So when you walk in the door, I can uh, have a little surprise for you. You're not really, you're making it sound so enticing that I'm, I'm probably would never come to your house Do again. Do you remember, uh, I've talked about this a couple of times now, the uh, home automation process that I have oh, been, gosh. that I have been uh, embarking on? Man, if it's not, if it's not intermittent fasting, it's your light situation. Well, the light situation. You need to fast from your is, light situation. Is on lock. It is not quite, I, I haven't catered what's gonna happen. I haven't catered your experience yet, but all I can tell you. You got something for me for my birthday? <laughs> I mean, I can really easily. It's just called a routine and I go in and say hey, don't what's gonna happen. Don't, don't, don't undersell it. Um, play it big if you're gonna play it big. Let right? me just tell you what I have done. And I have devoted, uh, even though I wasn't the one to actually do the electrical work that was required, I can only imagine, I would still be doing it if I was the one that was responsible for the electrical work. I was only responsible for bulb placement, or like bulb insertion. So I, they're smart bulbs and they're smart switches. And this is covering um, a lot of my house. Yeah. I I remember. The only thing that you is. You said you wanted every single light source to be able to well, be controlled by your voice. We're basically there. Which is which I thought was overkill given my experience with the perfect It turns level. out that I thought that I was gonna have to employ some sort of numbering system like Battleship, but all you have to do is say like living room lamps, living room main lights, and you got it covered. Dining room, dining room lamp. I texted Rhett the morning that apparently this was being installed and I was like, so are you gonna come into work today? Oh no. I did actually work a lot and that day. I was like, ah, I gotta stay here cause my lights are going in. My switches are going in. I'm like, oh great, I ain't going in either. <laughs> but let me just and tell you. I don't you, even have lights to go in. Let me just tell you, as a man who can now make all kinds of things happen at his house, I listen, I can say, for instance, I can say here's Johnny. I could say, hey Google, which I just activated all your Google homes, you're welcome. Here's Johnny, and at that point, all the lights will go out. All the lamps that have the multicolor bulbs in them, which I got those bulbs that can be like 16 million different colors, they all turn wow. red. Okay. And then the main title from The Shining plays. And then my youngest son begins to cry. It's just all part of being a, an excellent dad. Every light turns off. The ones that can turn red, turn red. Turn red and your whole house is red and it literally looks like there's a demon coming from the bedroom. Like, I, we're downstairs last uh, hold night. Hold on, you installed a demon hologram? No, but like, you know like. What do you mean? No, you, think about this. You're downstairs and there's all this red light around you and you look upstairs and there's a door cracked and coming out of the door is just red light. It feels like a horror movie. Like I found my own self getting scared. And then I realized that my kid was crying and I was like, I gotta back off on this, but I can do that. I also. Yeah, I'm sure it didn't take any time to set that up. <laughs> no. And I bet you're gonna use it all the time. Well, I've already, it, <laughs> my kids got so into into doing it that I was, I was like, by the end of it, I was like, boys, I'm gonna make it where the freaking Google Home can't recognize your voices if you abuse this. 
started realizing where it could backfire. But also, if you say. Kept, here's johnny too much. If you say, hey Google, <laughs> it's Shepard, because Shepard wanted his own situation. Okay. All the lights dim, he doesn't like it to be dark. All the lights that can dim, dim, and then all the lights that can change color turn to violet, his favorite color. <laughs> okay. And then Bruno Mars Versace on the floor place. <laughs> <laughs> And then what, does he have a routine? Because that's his favorite song. Does he have a dance routine? He just, no, this is what he does. So he got, I got it all set up for him and then he was like, mom, come in here. And he he laid back on the couch. He put, he, he laid back on the couch and he put his hands behind his head. Oh. And he said, I'm gonna start saying hey, HG for Hey Google, okay? HG, it's Shepard. Now the only thing that's a little bit underwhelming about this, and I'm gonna prepare you so when you come and we say it's I gotta linked. come at night, obviously. You gotta come at night, and it's not as fast as it should be. For, so I don't know what's happening, so it's like, hey Google, it's sorry, yeah. HG, it's Shepard, and it's just like, two seconds pass, all the lights go out, another second passes, the lights turn violet, two more seconds pass, and then the music starts. You want it all to happen at once, and I think in the year 2022, one, it will all happen at the same time, but it's 2019, I'm ahead of the curve. Yeah, if they, if, if this would be the type of thing that like in the creative meeting for the commercial, they would be pitching this. Let's cheat and, it. And then they have to say, well, you know, we're gonna have to put a note on the screen that said, um, edited for time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, but they would still sell it that way. I can also make the whole house seem like a dungeon with people uh, screaming in different locations and different lights coming on and off. But it's it's a, mean, it's a horror movie mode, a horror horror uh, uh, haunted house mode. I'm a dark I'm a dark individual. Did, did you do anything that wasn't wicked, twisted, or insane? Yeah. What? Uh, you can make it. You, you can do like a space scape, like a lunar landscape where it turns it uh, turns the house blue and then plays like moon music. That's not creepy. That's awesome. So in, uh, you put anyway, a lot of work into something no, that actually, I, I can I can discern no practical value for. Uh, it's called impressing people once. That's the practical value. Anyone who hasn't seen it, at least you're honest. I mean, because that's all that. That's yeah, all I, but it's fun. It's here's the thing. Now, but you've also you were people, you've also controlled. You have some practical stuff, right? I mean, have you not made it where like at sunset certain lights turn on? Oh yeah, and yeah. Then yeah. I, I thought at was different times of night they turn off. Step one was. Every single uh, mor morning, this happens every single night, like literally sunrise and sunset, you have it respond to sunrise and sunset. And then when I say HG good night, all the lights in the house go off. Uh, and then when I say, uh, and then when we, if, if Jessie wants to have a party, she says HG, it's party time. And then all the lights, here's what my wife does. When we're gonna have people over, she goes around cutting on all the lamps and getting everything right. I said it the way that she wanted. I say, baby, all you gotta do is tell Google it's party time and it will set everything the way you want it. So all that was taken care of. And then once I had all that done, I was like, where else can I go from here? And that's when I started getting creative. But let me tell you, as a man who can literally drag himself around his house never having to touch anything and can control all this. Just this weekend, I installed the last bulb and I was like, this is everything that I ever wanted. Mm -hmm. I sat down on my couch as my entire house was bathed in red demonic light mm -hmm. and I was listening to the shining theme and I thought, this can't be all there is. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Because I was going to say, I've noticed a phrase that you've said a number of times as you've as you've bragged about your lights, 
And that phrase is, as a man. So let me ask you, is that what this is about? Uh, and I'm just, I think as a human, no. I'm not saying as a man. Okay, I was just asking, I'm just saying, is it really, is this about your manhood? No, no, it's not about my manhood. I, what I'm getting at is that, uh, and you know me, uh, and this is largely what. You got a lot of questions about your manhood, this, yeah. This, this is what largely drives me and makes me sort of the driven person that I am, is that I see something and I can visualize, I, like, I can visualize that moment that I'm gonna be on the couch having just said here's Johnny and, and all the things that I described happening. And for that moment to take place, I will do everything to get to that point, right? I will make everything that needs to happen happen to get to that point. But then inevitably when I get there, I'm like, what else? Now what? What else, you know, I mean, now I can, I, now I can control everything with my, my voice. You have any motorized blinds? Uh, no, but I have a hub that is prepared for them. I do. Uh, well, I got him in my bathroom. Uh, so I'm just saying, I'm already can you ahead of you on that front. Can you too? control him with your voice? <laughs> no. You okay. easily can, though. You need to get the Lutron Hub. As a man, I I don't feel the need to control him with my voice. I can control him with my finger. Well, you, well, you want me to tell you what happens when I say I'm in my bedroom and I say, "Hey Google, it's business time." Nope, definitely not. Because there is a program that it follows at that point as well. And I'm not making it up. The oh, one I'm, thing I don't have. I get it. The one thing I don't have is I don't have the motorized blinds, which I told Jesse I was like, you know, when we read, because she wants to redo the, the bedroom, I said, well, you get the motorized blinds, and when I say it's business time, the blinds will go down too. I'm a blinds open guy. <laughs> <laughs> you, wanna, so, you want your neighbors to be uh, intimately familiar with you. But no, it's not about them. I like, I just you like, want to see the, the stars. The daylight, whatever, man. Oh, in the daylight, yeah, it, it doesn't happen in the daylight. I'm saying the blinds don't go down in the daylight, they only go down in the nighttime. I think all of this raises a specific question which is very much on topic today. Not about lights at all, it's about how on earth could someone be married to Rhett McLaughlin for 18 years? Hmm. You know, I think that's what it brings into focus, for me at least. Someone who caters, your, it gets the perfect environment for you to make love in? I think that that's, that's easy to stay married to. So, <laughs> someone, someone who has <laughs> controlled their house to be conducive to lovemaking? That's, I think that's, a, that's an asset. That's not, that's not something to overcome. Hey, let's not forget all the other things like, hey honey, I made, it, I made our house into a sonic dungeon. <laughs> She yeah she uh she didn't like that that much. Anyway, uh, let's talk about our trips. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With twenty four seven U S based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, so uh, where'd you go? I went to Malibu, man. I got a, a private house. Like, I, I'll say I got an Airbnb in Malibu that was a house all to ourselves, but it was a guest house. And I, I do need and I will go into more detail about how this house was set up because the surroundings were quite interesting. Um, but I was very excited to have um, a couple of nights away, just me and Christy to reflect on our 19 years of marriage. Oh, I love her so much. I know she's listening. I love you so much. Yeah. I'm a fan of Airbnb. I'm a fan of renting a whole place and now you gotta bring all your own stuff, but I'm the type, as opposed to a hotel where they'll clean up after you every day and like you can order room service and you yep. can you can do it, but I, I, I know you did something like that and I'm not dogging that, I'm just saying that th- those are all amenities that you don't have in Airbnb, that's a factor. But for me, uh, an overriding factor is there's more privacy and there's there's more of a sense of control. I already bring so much crap and I do wanna tell you some of the stuff that I brought um, for a two night for a trip. two for a two night trip because I'm just I don't know if you know but I'm a little I'm a little peculiar about the things that I like to have yep in order to make things perfect I'm familiar with this but for starters I'll just say that I found this place on Airbnb that was um it's on like a studio apartment situation type guest house and it was right on the beach like. There was a little kitchenette, a little living area, a little bedroom area, all kind of connected in one space. And then the sliding glass doors, um, the whole front was just two sections of sliding glass doors and then one sliding glass door on the side. And then you had to walk downstairs to the to no, the beach? There was a deck right there and there were like two big loungers. And then right on the other side of that, you, you step down off the deck and you're just on the beach. So like the like, the water doesn't come up onto the deck. The water, the water came up to the the high tide line came up probably twenty feet from the edge of the deck. Oh, you usually and, don't get that much beach in Malibu with those houses. It's like yeah, sometimes a lot of the houses are built literally over the high tide line, right, so the yeah. the the waves will crash like right under your on the foundation under your deck. So it was a perfect spot where there was always a little bit of beach. But I was like, whoa, this is quite a find. I mean. It, there's not a lot of places that you can rent out in Malibu, and if if you are, you're renting like a whole house, and you're paying a crap ton of money. And there's and, and you're you're like setting up. And a you're whole not dealing party. with a Never lot. Of, done that. And you're not dealing with a lot of people because this is like a private area. Like so, there's not a bunch of people walking by. They say all the beaches are private, but there, no beach can be made private. But there's right. si- there were signs on all of the decks around there that said the people private property. The people try to say it's a huge, actually a huge dispute. Yeah. All they the, try to say that it's a private beach, but technically the sign says private from the mean high tide line and up to the house. There's an app um, that I have on my phone, I can't remember, it's like Malibu Beaches or something like that. Yeah, It's an app that someone who was upset with the homeowners who were keeping everybody out from the public beaches made to show you the all the access points to all these beaches because they're like, there are no private beaches and you can go right behind somebody's house if you want. So that's where we elected to go. Um, tell me where you went, and then we'll, we can kind of ping pong it. 
I went to Palm Springs, uh, stayed in a hotel. I'm not going to say the name of the hotel because I'm gonna be talking about people that I saw there and also I'm gonna be complaining a little bit. Okay. Probably we'll go back to this place, maybe. I want to, I just wanna keep the name unmentioned. Okay. Um, Is it like Red Roof Inn? Yeah, it's the it's the Ramada. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it, no, it's a. It was uh, a nice spot, It was a right? nice, a nice, Hotel in Palm Springs, and again, Jesse and I, I'm I'm pretty flexible. I the Air, Airbnb versus uh, hotel is I'm kind of open. I see advantages and disadvantages to both. Jesse is she's all about the hotel experience. She doesn't she likes to she just basically is like I don't want to have to be cleaning up after everybody. I want somebody to do it for me, and because um, you'll make a mess. And uh, and our boys are just animals. They're just animals. Well, you didn't bring your boys. No, did you? no. I'm just saying. But like, she's dealing with them. And it's like having two very large ferrets. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. they pee everywhere. Uh, your family's clean. My family's not. My family's can't hold dirty. A ferret. They're, they're all they're squiggling everywhere. Yeah. Leaving poop in your hands. And please don't. Please don't say. But ferrets make great pets. I don't. I don't ferrets don't make great children. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And that's what I have. Um, anyway, so she wants, and she also being able to go, we, we discovered recently that the idea of going, and this comes into play later, the idea of just going and sitting next to the pool mm -hmm. and chilling out and not having any responsibilities and being able to read or write, whatever you wanna do, coupled with people watching, which is an especially uh, nice, thing to do in Palm Springs, especially at a place like this hotel. We were very primed for reading, lounging, and people watching. Okay. That's what we were ready for. I was not ready for any people watching, but don't let me forget that like, it ended up happening, and, I, and you reminded me of it, so I need to tell you that. All right, so in preparation for my trip, I was so excited, you know, I was, I was like, weeks ahead of time, I was making a list. I was like, man, we're gonna, it's gonna be cold. It's not gonna be like by my definition, like sixty degrees is cold. I'm mean, like, I need to well, bundle especially up. At the beach, and especially in a California beach, a lot yeah. of people don't understand. You if can't you get in the ocean you unless you're crazy. You, you got to have a wetsuit. I mean, you got to be like a ferret to get yeah, in the ocean, right. like a ferret fur. child. You have to have a fur, a fur it's coat. So, it's so cold that only what what is it about children? And again, I didn't bring my children on this trip, but like, it, you'll you'll dip your toe into like any sort of water and be like, ooh. I might die if I submerge like past my heart. And then all of a sudden some kids are sprinting by and they're just like frolicking all in it. They don't, they have, they're impervious to temperature. They can, they can swim around in all these like frigid temperatures like it's nothing. Like what is that? Are uh, they stupid? Yeah, well yeah, they are. They're a little bit stupider for sure. It's, inv I, and it is not like, whoa, this is so cold, it's invigorating. They don't say anything about it. They're just in it. They're just like, oh, this is fun because I'm in water. I don't think they've developed the nerve endings that we have. You know, fully developed nerve endings. So I'm like, I'm gonna make a list because I don't wanna forget anything that's important to me. And I wrote on the list like, cozy clothes. <laughs> and then I went, I was like, I'm gonna bring sweatpants. That doesn't bring, fall under cozy clothes? I said, I gotta get specific. Hold on, I'm, cozy clothes and sweatpants are two different categories? It's a subcategory. subcategory. My list had, Bullet points okay. and then like right. sub bullets. Got it. Under cozy clothes, sweat it had pants. sweatpants, and then it had slippers. Like those thinner sweatpants, old t-shirts, and then it had like those pajama pants, and then it had my slippers, mm -hmm. my bedroom slippers, 
And then it also had, oh, but it, if I'm gonna, I know that I'm gonna go in the shower. The shower was disconnected. You had to walk across a little bit of decking to get to the, the shower. The main shower? The only shower. You had to go outside. The shower had a toilet and a, um, like an a sink in it. It was like an outhouse, but it was in between the guest house and the main mansion, which was right on the other side. And was I, a mansion? I knew this from the pictures, that this was just a guest house connected to a mansion. Did you meet the mansion people? It was not connected, I'll tell you in a minute. So I knew I on my list I had to have some flip flops because I'm gonna be taking a shower on on like a decking. Don't wanna get a splinter. I wanna get a splinter or, or athlete's a fungus. Foot. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm bringing my own pillows. I'm bringing my own blankets. Oh gosh. Multiple blankets, because I, I know how it'll be if I'm wrapped up in a blanket and then Christy's like, well, I don't have a blanket. I'm like, I got you a blanket too. We both had blankets, we both had pillows. And then I'm like, you know what? Did you bring a trailer, like a tractor trailer with all your stuff in it? Uh, no, all this fit inside my vehicle because it was all mushy. Hmm. Everything I packed was like so comfy, it was compressible. And then I'm like, the PS de resistance. Never been done before, I'm bringing sleeping bags. <laughs> and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about just like a little sleeping bag. I brought, I was like, I need to get these things out anyway, let them air out. They've been stored up for a couple of years since we haven't been camping. I'm gonna bring out my mummy bags. Cause I, I'm for like- For beach sleeping? For just beach lounging. Like even if I'm on the lounge chairs or laying on the beach, like I'm like, the, sun, the, the stars are gonna come out and we're gonna lay on the beach and it's gonna be romantic, but it's gonna be freezing. And I bet you we're not gonna wanna do it unless we like can be in like 14 degree rated sleeping bags because I am very cold natured. Right. So we got these like the mummy bags that come over your head and then you can only you can only see your eyes and like your nose if you elect to put that out of the hole. It's very romantic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was so excited, man. I got all that stuff. And then I'm like, and we can't forget the foods, like the comfort foods, because again, I can't order room service, I gotta have it with me. Right. And there's not a lot of places. You service in, your own room. It's only like two grocery stores in Malibu. Malibu doesn't have anything. Anything. I don't even, it's, people say there's like a market? I don't know, I've never. Oh, uh, the market's big now. It's it's kinda like lots of frou-frou shops. Uh, there's gotta be something. Yeah. It's Malibu. And I'm like, all right, we gotta, Christy loves cheese, cheese is going on a list. We both gotta have some fruits, like some raspberries and blueberries, and I gotta have my peanut butter. You're still on the list, by the way. I'm talking like. You're still on the list of things that you brought. I'm not even there yet. That, I mean, You this haven't is what, even arrived yet. And then I'm like, chips. Like I don't eat chips normally, I'm like, if this vacation is gonna be made, I'm gonna be snuggled up in a sleeping bag on the beach eating chips. And I'm like, and they gotta be those ruffles Sour cream and cheddar chips. Those are the those best. Those are the jam. And look, I told Christy I was gonna get those and I was like, and you know what? Lay's now has unruffled, unridged, normal Lay's sour cream and cheddar flavor. I saw them in Ralph's. Is it they put the sour cream before the cheddar or you just mix that up? They call it something different? They call it, I think they call it sour cream and cheddar. Yeah, keep people guessing. And I told Christy and she went to the store, she was like, they don't have them, but I got the Ruffles and I got Pringles sour cream and cheddar. Okay, we got lots, lots of options. A few days later, I'm like, we don't have enough LaCroix, I gotta go back to Ralph's, because we're still prepping. And then she's leaving <laughs> Again, and we I'm- ha We haven't left yet. I'm driving home and I meet her as she's leaving and I hold out the window, Lay's sour cream 
and cheddar chips. So we so we get there, we get in our cozy clothes. We both had on camo sweatshirts and camo sweatpants, the ones we sell on our website. We were so comfortable. Wow. And we were just we were having like a good mythical morning tasting. Like that was the first thing we did was we broke out all of the sour cream and cheddar chips and started tasting them and figure out which ones are the best. And you weren't even there. Uh, and which is the best? The Ruffles. The Ruffles, you didn't get better than Ruffles. They, they, they started it. The Lay's were kinda unnatural. It was like, I know, what, I know what Lay's should be and I know what the experience is and like sour cream and onion, like they're the, I mean they're the best. They're the best chips. But you start throwing cheese on a Lay's, something, something goes a little sideways. Okay. But those Ruffles, the thing you come to associate with it, ooh, it's, it's, it's still the best. And Pringles, I don't even wanna talk about it. Christy loved them, but Pringles aren't even chips to me. Don't even, I don't even wanna talk about it. Well, well don't. What I did, took a very small suitcase. What'd you eat? I What'd you a, pack? I took a small suitcase that I packed really? approximately 30 minutes before I walked out the door. Did you, did you bring us? <laughs> Did you bring a sleeping bag for like the poolside? Uh, no sleeping bags, no pillows, no blankets. Uh, interestingly, because it's been un unusually cool here, it's actually unusually cool there. Um, it was like 85 degrees on Saturday, which typically this time of year it'd be o over 100. Yeah. In Palm Springs. So that's kind of perfect for poolside situation. It's perfect if you uh, if you get to the poolside. Which turned out to be a little bit of an issue. You this couldn't place. find the pool. Uh, no, I found the I found the pools. I found two pools, but they were completely filled. So Saturday, with water uh, with people and water and people and no places to sit. I went. Let me back up a little bit because I got to just kind of ease into this. Um, now I'd heard about this place. First of all, you go to Palm Springs on Memorial Day weekend in a nice hotel. You're in. Uh, th there's a high possibility of seeing someone that you would recognize from from the in world of entertainment, right? Ooh, yeah. That's sort of close proximity to Los Angeles and Palm, Palm Springs, whatever. Um, and I kind of heard that this is a place. This is a people watching, people spotting kind of place, hot spot. Uh, so I pull up in my car uh, to you know have them you know welcome us to the hotel, or whatever. And I'm right behind a family. Uh, that's going. That's gotten there at the exact same time with us, and that family was Michael Richards and family, Kramer, Kramer. from Seinfeld. Yes, and uh, interestingly, so we check in basically right next to them, and then I saw them around, and I saw Kramer in the in the in the hot tub and stuff, and the the nature of the conversation that Jesse and I had, which is just I will have it again with you, is just like you got this guy who, if you had to tell somebody who you who didn't know who Michael Richards was, who Michael Richards was, you'd say, well, he was on this famous show. Yeah, he was a tall guy in Seinfeld. He was super funny and he would, uh, you know, he had a license plate on his car that said, ass man. But then. And he, every time he walked in, everyone would cheer and clap. But it was awesome. But then. There was a controversy because he went he he got belligerent at like a stand-up and somebody was filming him and he spouted some racial epithets. Yeah, so like as bad as it gets. And uh, what year would you think that that was? I don't know, 2004? Oh, yeah, 2006. I was like, ah, oh, I thought it was more recent. It was 2006, so 13 years ago, right? This guy who was known and beloved for playing this character does this thing that now like when you go to his Wikipedia entry, it's like that's kind of the thing that you find. And 
Okay. So and the, so we're talking about a guy who was canceled before people got canceled. You know what I'm saying? Like now we're in the whole cancel culture, but yeah, this is back when you really had to you had to lean into it and you had to do something yeah. to get canceled. So you got canceled, and I was and, and like he doesn't do stand up anymore. Um, I, I I don't I know nothing about the guy. Did you talk to him? No, I didn't talk to him. You just talked about him. Yeah, but I, it was just interesting because I was like, I just wonder what this guy's life is like now. I mean, obviously, same as yours, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, he you know he made enough money uh, and probably continues to bring in a lot of money with the syndication of Seinfeld. I don't know how all that works, but uh, that he's able to go to this hotel and he's got a family and whatever. Uh, but yeah, he's because of that thing he did um, in the in the conclusions, potentially rightfully so, that people came to about him because of the thing that he did. That's just what it, that's just what he's known for. It was just kind of an interesting thing to be like, I look at this guy, yeah. and that's what I'm thinking about, and he knows that's what everyone's thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just an interesting thing that that can that kind of uh, and you, whether you want to call it a mistake or whether you wanted to call it he was just being himself and his, and his true self came out. Whatever you want to say, however you want to judge that, that is what people know him for, and it was just an interesting thing to just be around it. Um, but that was kind of what you're looking for with the people watching. Now you got this fascinating case study and like public perception. Yeah, and I'm like, is he constantly, it's, surely he's no longer constantly thinking about it because you couldn't live your life if you're constantly thinking about that. But we'll move on from Michael Richards. Uh, you didn't find where, you didn't find a place at the pool, you saw him when you checked in. I saw him when I checked in. Uh, okay, so, that, so then, the, then the, uh, the next morning we decide uh, well, we had already made reservations to get a massage. When you go, when, it's another thing you don't, oh, I don't you, get. You don't get in an Airbnb unless you call somebody in. And when you call well, somebody in for a massage, things get weird. No, or there's other ways to get a massage. Okay, all right. Um, so we went to this, they had this incredible, inc- incredible spa that was like uh, sailor themed. It was, it was totally ridiculous, but in a very uh, interesting, Fun way. I would like to retract my statement earlier. By the way, okay. After 19 years of marriage, there is no other way. <laughs> there's, to there's, no, there's no other way. Good. It's good. like let's be real. Good recovery. I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna sit around and just like give each other a massage. I mean, we pay other people to do that. You're uh, exactly right. And there's okay. other things we can do, but massages. That requires, well, you know. Interesting. Okay. Again, this is a uh, this is a Seinfeld this is a Seinfeld reference that I didn't even realize until right now. But we get there, and uh, the woman at the front desk says, uh, "I'm like I'm here for our nine o'clock massage or whatever." And she's like, "Oh, um, I need to inform you that we only have male masseuses available. Is that okay?" And of course, my knee-jerk reaction is to be like, "Yes, of course." <laughs> and, and but then the George Costanza in me is thinking, yeah. "Well, I'm not as comfortable with that," and I and I don't know I don't know why, right? Yeah, I've gotten an all male massage before. Um, um, but the funny thing is, is Jesse said as we were waiting, she was like, "It's it's interesting that both of us, both of us, are more comfortable with receiving a, a massage from a woman. And now because we're receiving a massage from a man, it's 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 different." And I was like, "You know what? But it's not really. I just I've 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 never gotten a, a massage for, from a man. So I was like, but you know what? I'm in Palm Springs. It's it's no different." I'm gonna lean into it. I believe I had the best massage I've ever had. I'm still sore. Cause you didn't make it sexual or he was just good at it. 
I, well, I've never, I've never made a massage sexual. If that's, which is the weird thing. Is it, it, but isn't there like no, what, some that, like subconscious that's, that's sexual the George component? Cas, that's the George. Cas, the whole the whole episode was about if it's not sexual, which it's not. It's somebody rubbing your muscles in a technically non-intimate way. They're rubbing your muscles for for a clinical for, way, for, for in like a therapeutic Sports way. Way, but because we're animals, we're humans. You naturally interpret the touch as sensual, right? There's oil involved. There's music playing. The lights are low. There's rubbing involved. I mean, all the ingredients. Are, I mean, of course, I didn't say it's business time. Okay, spa. I didn't say it's Play business dungeon time. Sounds. And it didn't turn on my lights a certain color that I like particularly, and lower my shades, and play in playlists that I've meticulously put uh, together. But everything else was this is a sensual environment. But then in the moment, and so then it was like, so why is it that if you sense this as a slightly sensual, sensual environment, that therefore it makes you more comfortable if a woman is the one doing it? What yeah, is, this, what, this is kind of exposing. What does that say about right? Me, right? Um, I got out of my own head and I was like, I'm just here for a massage and it was, I mean, I'm telling you, it was next level. Well, if you wanna, I mean. This guy found parts of me that I didn't know I had. <laughs> <laughs> and then he rubbed them and out he, of you? He, he worked me so hard. That's in great. A, in man. a completely non-sensual way. That's great. You know what? In a totally professional therapeutic way. Uh, yeah. So I, I, and, I, and now you know what type of energy you need to bring to every massage. Well, and then I started thinking, that I was having sexist thoughts about masseuses. I got through with the massage and I was like, that's the best massage I've ever had. And I was like, am I saying that because it was a man? What's wrong with me? Mm. Uh, I just think too much, man. Well, I think you need to think more, but just quietly. My wife fell asleep. Oh really, did you hear her snore? Yes. I she does I it every asleep. single time well, we get not, couples massages. They're not, it's not, not enough pain. Just towards the end though, and she told me. She told me before we went in. She said, "If I fall asleep and start snoring, you have to say something." And then it happened, and I was like, ah, "It's almost over." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just let it ride. And then she woke herself up. She snored so loud. Really? Yeah, one time. I've done that before. It feels it feels weird when you're like, "Oh, how long have I been out?" And they just been. I mean, if you know, you could gently just stop, and the masseuse could just like take a breather. Right. You know, it's like to keep working it. Yeah, go on their phone. Yeah, one hand on the phone. But that's why I didn't get a spot at the pool because the early morning massage and then you get out to the, uh, you get out there at like 11 o'clock, no spots. The grounds are incredible so we, we went and we sat in some chairs somewhere and then we went and got in a hammock and read. People it are, was awesome but we didn't get to do the people watching. Were people saving no, no. Lounge chairs they have they a in them, strict. I hate that. Saving. They have a strict no saving policy because they know that they don't have enough space. So they say that if you're gone for 20 minutes, they're gonna move your stuff. They move your stuff. So we put our names on a list, and we literally never got called. Oh wow! We didn't get called. Never went to the. We eventually got in, into the family pool. Onto the family pool. But there were kids there. That sucked. Uh, and that's when I met another person of note. But I've been talking for too long. So what else happened with you? Well, as you can imagine, we got our chips, we got our blankets, we got our sweatpants on that next morning. I mean, we went to a nice restaurant that first night, you know. Uh, but that first day, there was there was no one on the beach in front of us. It was like it was 
it was almost eerie that there wasn't, I mean, this was Memorial Day weekend, there's nobody on this beach because it's like, it feels like a private beach. Yeah. It's, and there's not many access points. And on the access points, there's not much parking. Like Malibu is, is um, again, it, it was it was kind of extraordinary to get this place, but. It's designed to keep the people out. We laid on our lounge chairs and we um, we watched the ocean and just kind of talked and hung out and you know, ate our chips, tried to figure out which ones were the best. I told you the answer to that. <laughs> but it was it was glorious. I told it, I told Christy after a while, I was like, you know, we're sitting here, we're watching these waves with as much intention as we watch an episode of Game of Thrones. It's a, and I use the word intention, I mean there's a little bit of a, it, there's a meditative aspect to the waves and I began to reflect on it and I was like, it kind of feels like when you're camping and you just find yourself staring at the campfire. You know, that's one of my favorite things about camping is that, yes, you could be on your phone, but you're not tempted to like, go watch Game of Thrones in your tent. You're like, you're mesmerized by the fire. And in a very similar way, we are like mesmerized by the ocean waves right there, just just beyond eye shot of our toes, well, or the end of the sleeping bags. And my reflection was, I think that there's something about being so close to something so powerful as either fire or the ocean and knowing that you're completely safe, but there's this like constant, you know, it could kill you if it got out of control. Especially what, when you're in a sleeping bag. But you're right there. You get in the ocean in a sleeping bag, especially oh, one of those mummy Soggy. ones up around yeah. your eyes, you're, you're a goner. Yeah, you're going to the bottom. Yeah, fast. Um, But there's, there's something about there's something meditative about sitting there and like you know what there's people who they have they like live on the beach and they like get to know everything like some dolphins started coming by, you know how sometimes we paddleboard we like yeah. paddleboard over the the pot of dolphins like you see them come by and then you get to know the birds and you the more you sit there with like a little discipline to like not do anything else we didn't even read a book, the more it the scene kind of comes alive it's like oh there's birds over there and they're diving into the ocean. It was, it was um, in explaining it, it doesn't seem that special, but that was, it was a very <laughs> special moment for us. Um, and then, you talk about people watching, all of a sudden, this bodybuilder dude, shirtless bodybuilder, bald behemoth with big muscles, comes down and he like, he had headphones on, and he takes his headphones off, he doesn't see us. And he like puts them down on the beach in front of us, because you're in camo, and then yeah, we because we were in camo, and um, and like these two dogs run up to him. Huh. It was like, oh, they were they were his dogs, and then he gets out his camera, and he starts his phone, his camera on his phone, and he starts he goes into this like he has a camera on his phone. Yeah, pretty crazy, <laughs> and he like goes into this like what long drawn out photo session where he's flexing. And leaning over and like taking pictures. How close? How close are you to this man? Um, how does he not see you? Well, there was some grass kind of growing in front of us, and we were kind of hunching down and whispering about you were it. Hiding from him. Uh, but I did film it. <laughs> I would say he was about. Um, I don't know. I'd say he's about thirty yards away. But I'm not a football player. Were the dogs in play? The dogs were in the. He was taking selfies with him and his two dogs. He was flexing dog pictures. Yeah, and then that's a fetish. The dude was like, had bulbous muscles, like the ones on like your shoulder and on your back. Traps, lats. He had it all, man. 
and he was taking photos and like we were watching him. And we started to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I started to feel like I needed to make noise. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, so that they'd be like, hey man, we're here. Yeah, you're being watched, sir. And then, but we didn't. And then when he when he got done taking his photos for his Instagram, apparently, then he's like putting his headphones on and like getting his dogs back on the leash and like, Chris is like, he's gonna see us. And then he, he like scans back this way. And I'm like, he just saw us. I was like, I'm gonna give him the thumbs up. Yeah. Gave him a thumbs up. And then he didn't stare at me. He just kind of like, I could tell he saw me and then acted like he didn't. He's like, oh, now I'm gonna play it cool. Like, I meant to be here. I knew you were watching. It's yeah, fine. Thumbs up. Then he walks away and I look over and I'm like, this mansion beside me. This is interesting. There's no signs of life there. It's a huge like 1990s era modern style, like white with just windows all over it. And it was clearly on the same property and we were in the guest house. But there's no signs of life there. I walk over there through the gate. I'm like, oh, there's a gate there beyond the outhouse. And I look in and it's like, it's gutted. The freaking mansion's gutted. Like they ha they were they halted in the middle of renovations. And I'm like, I'm gonna, of course now I'm gonna check all the doors to see if any, squat. if any of them are unlocked. Cause I wanna explore this place, it's huge. The only door that was open led to the, yeah you're surprised, eyebrows going up, led to the basement. So I opened the door and then there's like a long staircase down to the basement, it's pitch black. So I'm like, I gotta go back and get my phone for what, my flashlight. Your phone has a flashlight on it? Yeah dude. What? I'm telling Christy, I'm going down in this basement. She's like, I'm staying here in the sleeping bag. Good. I turn on the flashlight and I go down there and it smells like a basement. And there's like this room with like padding all over it and there was this cymbal cleaner and I'm like, ooh, a musician used to, like a drummer used to drum down cymbal in here. Cymbal cleaner, okay. And it was like a this creepy basement and then I realized, oh, the light switches turn on, lights still work. So I turned, I put my flashlight away. I was still kind of creeped out. And then there was a wine cellar. Yeah, you're trespassing. That had no wine anywhere except one open bottle of champagne on the floor. And I'm like, I didn't drink it or anything. But it was kind of creepy and I'm like, man, what if I get caught down here? And then I walked over and I opened this door and there was, I can't believe I was doing this. All right, can, can you believe that I did this? I'm a little like surprised. Something you would do, but I'd be too afraid to do this. I was like, what would Rhett do? He would open this door and it was a, it's an elevator. What? So I get in the elevator. No. No. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not getting in the elevator. Yeah. Just getting stuck in yeah. somebody's abandoned elevator. Yeah, that would suck. So then I came back and I told Chrissy about it. I'm like, yeah, the house is gutted and this is what I found. And we and I just kept lounging. But after that point, I just couldn't help but keep looking over there at that mansion. And then just to skip ahead when it got dark, I found myself getting pretty creeped out about this mansion. And I started to realize when we walked down the beach earlier today, there were a couple of other mansions on this one particular street that this guest house was on and all of the homes were under some stage of reconstruction or renovation and it had been halted. And so on either side there's two huge mansions, nobody in them, abandoned. And I started, and as the sun went down. You transported into another time. I, I just started to get creeped out by it. I was like, is this gonna ruin my night, because I just started feeling like zombies could be in there or something. Hmm. It was just, it was post-apocalyptic. This one particular beach access private road had all these mansions on it and for some, my theory is some weird Malibu zoning regulation issue, 
everybody had to stop renovations and like no one wants to buy or sell or move on this stuff. But this one guy, he like put up the guest house on Airbnb. It was very clean and nice and new. But I mean, on one hand it was creepy, on the other hand it provided like complete privacy on either side because these mansions that were looming over us and like all the windows are open, there's nobody in there. And, you, you and at muscle night. Muscle Dog Man is just, he's just a visitor? He had walked down from somewhere else. So I would say if I had a, that was the only drawback was like, I was a little creeped out by the fact that like we were in an abandoned neighborhood basically. It sounds pretty cool to me, man. I was creeped out. Um, I didn't wanna tell Chrissy, but you know, Chrissy didn't seem to be creeped out so I didn't wanna tell her. I don't think it's that creepy. I mean. You know how there's like. If a, you were staying in one of the houses. Like there's like Instagram feeds that are just like abandoned porn. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Yeah, well, yeah. Not, not abandoned porn. Ruined porn. Yeah, ruined porn. It's basically just people taking pictures of architecture that's been, that nobody's inhabited it for like decades. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I have a whole book about that. That Jesse got it's me for It's different when you're camping there. Um, we're, we are gonna get to uh, the secret to a long marriage. I do wanna, wanna tell one more story before Spoiler we- Spoiler alert, I think I'm kinda answering it along the way, but. Okay, um, I, uh, I saw someone else while we were at the pool. Now first of all, we were at the pool and uh, see Seinfeld. Uh, Kramer's in the hot tub, and uh, we're sitting there lounging. And uh, we finally got a spot at the, fa- the family pool. And I'm trying to get away from my kids, and I got all these freaking kids like playing games and yelling at each other and splashing. That's oh, horrible. That's what happens at the family pool. That's why there's an adults-only pool, but it was too freaking filled. So anyway, I'm sitting there just despising children that they even exist. And uh, then, um, and then they all of a sudden they say, uh, "Excuse me, uh, everyone out of the pool." What? First of all, I wasn't in the pool. I was on the side. Never got in the pool. Didn't touch the water, thankfully. Oh no. I think a kid took a shit in the pool or something. I don't, <laughs> really? I, I don't know what happened, but they made you everybody get out. Evidence? And 30 minutes had to pass and they like cleaned some stuff and they mm. put some some chemicals in there. Yeah, you know it. In the meantime. Somebody doing some logging. Lots of people kept showing up and starting to get into the pool. And because Jesse and I were seated right next to the corner of the pool, we became the pool police. Oh no. So I literally had to wait for people to get in and be like, uh, guys, sorry guys, you're, no one's supposed to be in the pool. Now, after you, four times. You waited for them to get in first though? No, no, because I was reading. I'm reading and then I would look up and there'd be somebody who was f- putting their feet in the pool. That's just, you can't get in there. They're doing their cleaning. So then Jesse was like, you need to tell them to put a sign up because we shouldn't have to do this. We shouldn't have to be the pool police. That's right. But then a family walked up and I did a double take. I was like, oh, it's that guy. And uh, he was getting ready to get in the pool. I'm like, you can't get in the pool right now. Oh. Uh, there's some, uh, there's chemicals or something in there. And then he said something, he was British. He had a quippy sort of response like, thanks for the radioactivity warning or something like that. And I was like, that's the guy, who that crap? That guy's in everything. It's one of those guys like, have no idea what your name is, sir. But I have, and I can't even say what the last movie I saw that you were in, but you're in everything. You're a world-class actor. I just kept you and your family from getting into a turd pool. And um, you were glad there wasn't a sign. So then I was like, what? I just saw a movie with this guy in it. I just saw a movie and this guy was the villain. He was the villain. Shazam! He's the villain from Shazam. Oh, I thought when you realized something, you just now (laughs) said Shazam. Shazam, I got it. He's from Shazam. Um, turns out, and of course, I still don't know his name, right? So then I go, I have to go on IMDb and follow the, the he's, rabbit hole. He's bald. He's the bald guy from Shazam. His name is Mark Strong. 
Okay. And uh, you have seen this man, you well, know who Shazam. he is. And uh, not only was he in Shazam, this guy is, is, has a, just a storied acting career. I mean, he's been in everything. What, what are you doing? Like, are you, <laughs> you were asking him this? What have you been in? No, I'm, no, I, cause I'm on IMDB and then he's, oh, what, he was in this and then I watch a. You're sitting there in your lounger on IMDB? And then I watch a Watch Mojo thing on YouTube of all the, his top 10 performances. And of course, this is so. Hold on, right there in the lounger? No, 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 he had left. <laughs> you were still in the lounger watching yeah. a Watch Mojo video? I went video? into a Mark Strong wormhole. Uh, and he was somewhere else on the property enjoying himself. And then that night we go to the restaurant, we sit down, Mark Strong and family come and sit down next to us. And I'm just kinda, I'm listening in to his, his, conver to, to his conversation with the waiter as he orders, he orders with so much gravitas <laughs> and authority. I mean, it was, it, you just, you gotta be around, you know, you wouldn't understand until you were around Mark Strong or at least in close proximity to him. This guy's a class act. What, what, were you World. saying these type of things to Jesse? <laughs> Every time I saw him, Jesse got so annoyed I started leaning into it. <laughs> I said, uh, I would be like, world-class actor Mark, Mark Strong, Strong is here. I would be like, one of the greatest actors of our time, Mark Strong and family just arrived to the restaurant. Okay, um, and she. I had a good time with that. Yeah. It, it, it worked for a while, she thought it was very funny and then she thought it was annoying and then I did stop. Um, never talked to him, but uh, it's pretty thrilling. Um, the, but, only, the only other people I saw were uh, at the same spot as the sun was going down, these two girls in bikinis came up and they started taking pictures apparently for their Instagram. Yeah. And that, it's not an easy thing to do. They didn't see us either and for 20 minutes, they're sitting there taking pictures, looking at the pictures, not being happy, uh, taking more pictures. That's not the, good. The girls showed up in bikinis and then <laughs> They would take, they set up the camera with the timer like on the backpack and then they would get up, she would run and like pose beside her friend, stick her butt out. Yeah, you got to. And then she would look at the picture and then Christy would be like, yeah, too much butt. And then she would go back and she would do it again and she would turn her butt and it wouldn't be out as far. And like Christy knew exactly, she could read their minds. Yeah, too much butt. And then the one girl, she put on jean shorts. Yeah, I gotta have a George shot. Yeah. And then the other girl put on pants. Yep. And it, it got less and less interesting to me. You know why they do that? It make it seem like they they going back. What do you multiple mean going trips. Back? Be like, oh, this is this is. You can post multiple times. You can have. You know, this is when I went to the jean. This is when I went to Malibu that day and wore jorts. And this is when I went and I wore full jeans. And this is when I went and I just had a bikini bottom on. I think it's so that you can scroll right. I you know I'm on Instagram again now. Shout out to Link Lamont. You can scroll right and take their clothes off like a paper doll. Oh, well yeah, that's a different thing though. Scroll left, put the clothes back on. Yeah. I, that was my best guess. Yeah. Um, you, you gotta really line yourself up well to do that though. It, you know, it felt. And also Instagram, once the, you see nipple, unless it's a male nipple. Well they didn't get they, naked. They, they take it down. They didn't get naked, but I wasn't gonna move. I mean, and I wasn't gonna stop watching because hey, this is my spot on the beach. You just happened to be here. It was it. It was, it was entertainment. Yeah, it wasn't dolphins or in, in, in storks, it's, but it's not, it'll do for a few minutes. It's not Mark Strong. I mean, you know, Mark Strong stayed. He wore a stayed strong long sleeve black shirt and black shorts. Long sleeve black shirt. I was like, this guy's a badass man. Look at him. Really? He's wearing black. Do you see any selfies happen? I bet he doesn't take selfies. Oh, no, he doesn't even have a camera. Does, he doesn't have a phone. Mark Strong doesn't have a phone. He doesn't need a phone. No, he has gravitas. You communicate with Mark Strong 
with smoke signals, man. Maybe maybe him? letters. Maybe hand, Mark Strong only responds to handwritten letters. Really? I could tell just by looking at him. You write him a letter, then he burns it and sends you a smoke signal <laughs> yeah, back. exactly. That's how you know he, he got it. He doesn't write letters. Right. No, he, he only just, reads letters. He sends smoke signals in response. You gotta know how to read them. His agent and manager, they know how to read those smoke signals. Now, getting to the secret to a long marriage. Um, I've been married 19 years. I've right? only been married 18 years. And not even that, because that's not until this weekend. But my wife uh, was uh, reading. Uh, you don't think you're gonna make it <laughs> <to> this weekend? <laughs> no, I believe I will. Uh, my wife was reading a book. Now, this is, uh, you know, it's interesting because I feel like my wife is, I, I we've been in a relationship for a long time, but I can count on one hand the number of books that I've read about relationships. Whereas she probably needs both hands, feet, and some other limbs that I don't even know about to count how many books she's read about relationships. Yeah, that probably says a lot more about you than uh, her. I think it also just speaks to her um, capacity for uh, self-betterment and learning about, you know, she's just, she's a better person than I, I am. I, she's I'm, a better person than I am. Same thing with Christy in terms of like her reading those type of books. Right. Like either parenting or like self, Self-improvement right. or relationship it might just improvement. Be, it might just be that we're perfect and we don't need it, but I wasn't gonna be the first one to say that. Uh, anyway, she's reading a book uh, called Mating in Captivity, uh, which I thought, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, handcuffs. What is this um, about? <laughs> uh, it's Esther Perel uh, who has written, I, I, I don't. It, she's like a relationships expert and she's written this book that's super popular at this point and um, Jesse's like reading it, and based on this question, it's uh, it's all about. Uh, and again, I'm speaking from total secondhand knowledge of the book, having just been next to someone in a hammock who was reading it. Okay, yeah, so that, literally that, that's secondhand. The, that, that's the kind of source that I am here. But Jesse would like stop and like say something, and like it led to conversations about our relationship because it's all about this interesting paradox that exists in long term relationships, and that is. Um, the fact that the sort of the separateness and the distance that you have with someone that you are just meeting, mm -hmm. just getting to know, uh, drives the the desire and the sort of the romantic connection between two people. It's that unfamiliarity that you have with somebody that you're kind of getting to know and falling in love with that draws you closer. But then, so love kind of closes the distance between two people but it's the distance and sort of the separateness and the tension that fuels desire. And so what happens in a lot of relationships over the long term is there's so much familiarity that there's no more mystery and then people start thinking, well I'm not even attracted to this person. There's, there, there's no desire here, it's just this love relationship. And she in this very exquisite way kind of breaks down this from a psychological perspective. I'm definitely gonna read the book at this point based on just the few things that Jesse has told me, but we were kind of talking about that. Mm -hmm. And there, is, and I think that I would say that in relationships, first of all, relationships can last for, it can be indefinite if people are just committed to each other or just committed to the idea of staying with each other. And there's lots of people who just stay with each other for external reasons, for the sake of children, uh, because they believe that divorce is wrong. Whatever the reason is, they just stay together because of some expectation, but it's not actual desire to stay together, right? 
So I would say that in relationships that are long-term, like we're saying like over the course of several, several years or more or whatever, 10 years or more, I don't know. Uh, I think that one of the keys to people continuing to be together in a healthy sort of vibrant situation is something that they've done either intentional or unintentional, and we can talk about that, has led to there being enough of a, uh, of a separation and distance and mystery that has maintained some level of desire. And of course that's gonna ebb and flow over the course of a relationship. Hmm. Uh, but it's a fascinating concept because I think that people all the time they say like, you gotta spice things up in the bedroom, man. You know, You gotta get Google involved. You gotta have Google to do things automatically because if not, it's gonna seem like the same old thing and this repetition and familiarity, if you're a normal human, eventually you're gonna be like, where's the mystery? What What is there left to talk about? There's a Jason Isbell song that talks about the old couple sitting across from each other in the restaurant and they basically got nothing else to say to each other. Mm-hmm. There's got nothing else to learn about his heart or something like that mm-hmm. is, is the line. Uh, and it says, and then it's like, "Baby, let's never get that way." Is is the is the words of that song? And I think that it's having a desire to never get that way, where you've got nothing left to talk about. Now, I don't have anything any prescriptive thing about it, but what what, what is your initial assessment of that dynamic? Well, first of all, the the title of the book, "Made in Captivity," so the captivity is marriage. So it seems like it, so. it's it's framed in a negative way, which I find interesting that then um, it's like you're you're trapped in this, in a committed relationship. But uh, obviously well, that's not I don't the wanna, thrust of, no, the, no, no. It's, of it's, the book. As far as I understand it, it's about finding that kind of passion and desire and, and knowing also that this is how, like you, you, it's almost being familiar with how the human mind works and Helps. how the understanding it isn't that people, like people are like, I was so in love at one point and I just don't love you anymore and I want a new romance. This happens I don't again and again and again and again. Infatuated. She actually or... talks about the hormones. The hormones that are predominant in that falling in love, initial romance sort of spark, those last for a certain time and then they wane. But the hormones that actually contribute to things like cuddling, they last a lot longer and last way into uh, deep into a relationship. Well, it's, it's interesting because Christy and I were having a discussion when we were um, sleeping, bagging it up, like enjoying the dolphins and the, the the mesmerizing ocean and the Instagrammers. I don't remember what got me talking about this, but it is related to your point. Um, and that is, I said, have you, have you ever, do you ever just have this overwhelming sense of being alone? Uh, because I I rarely have that sense. You know, it's like I've always I've always had a I've never lived alone. I've always had a roommate, and then I moved from having like a college roommate, you and our other friends, directly into, you know, living with her. None of us, none of the four of us, have ever lived alone. And I was like, sometimes I think in more of this, like the meditative zone of being on the beach and like having that discipline that I talked about to take in the environment and appreciate it and find entertainment or whatever, you know, find fill in the blank in it without trying to be distracted. Um, I did have this overwhelming sense of like, there is an aspect of being, there's a certain 
autonomy to like, no one can ever be inside your own brain. You know, no one can ever be inside your own consciousness. At a certain point, when you boil it all down, you are encapsulated and alone. You know, you're, you're your own entity. As much as I share with Christy, there, and I, so I, so I asked her that, cause I was like, but I, I, I rarely feel that and I actually think, and I told her, well I asked her the question first. I said, do you ever feel that way? And she was like, yeah, a lot. <laughs> I have a sense of uh, being alone. I mean, and sometimes that translates into depression. Like a, You're saying like a sadness of being and, alone. Yeah, a sadness of, be, of being alone because, and I think, and I said, because sometimes I, kinda, just, I just go to the bathroom and shut the door and don't I don't even poop <laughs> just to be alone. But having an overwhelming sense of being lonely is an aspect of depression. It can't yeah, it can't right, be, I guess. Right. So she she was laughing at me that like I had not experienced that Do and you ever I feel and, alone. And I, and I and I talked about it as if it was such a foreign concept. So to many people including her it's not and she was able to laugh in that moment, which I thought was beautiful. And I was like, I think the reason why I don't is because I just, I I run from that feeling. It's not that it's there, but that I spent a lot of my life not being comfortable with the sensation of loneliness. Being a, and I equate it with being alone with my own thoughts, being alone with myself. I mean, as connected as Christy and I are, we're not the same person. So there is that tension that I think, what you said made me think of that because, and again, I'll come back to it one more time. I think one of the keys to Chrissy and I being together for 19 years and anticipating being together the rest of our lives, that's absolutely the plan, and having a confidence in that is, I mean, on a practical level, we're just so compatible. Like everything that I said about this trip, like making my list and the things that I valued and like being in comfy clothes and this, like the fact that I wanted to design our anniversary vacation in the way that I did and it seemed so perfect to me. And like Christy thought it was funny, the things that I was doing in terms of like putting chips and cozy pants on the list, but at the same time, I knew that she was also really into it. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just, that's just a case study in how I think we're, we're very compatible when it comes to the way we think and our taste and like the way that our brains work, the way, the things that we value. At the same time, we have changed so much as people from who we were 19 years ago. Yeah, We're totally different people. And I know that you and Jesse, as well as I know you guys, in many aspects are totally different people. We've grown so much, we've encountered so much in life and with everything you encounter, the big things and the cumulative effect of all the small things that you wouldn't even put on a list are all opportunities to grow apart or grow together. So, and I think just the glue of our compatibility has allowed us to, face change and continue to develop as people like in a, in a parallel path. But, but I also think that it's not 100% parallel and we don't always respond to things that happen in our lives in the same way or think or believe the same things or agree on the same things or whatever at every point. Well, and I would, I, and there's that, so I'm getting that, there's that autonomy of, yeah, we're, there is, 
we are individuals going through life and together, I th- and, and that I think tension. That that's 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 key. And I, again, right. I I wouldn't have. I mean, I did say, and I think I said it on Ear Biscuits at some point uh, when I was ta- I was talking about this exact same thing about the fact that we had changed so much, um, right? And and Jesse and I have changed in parallel, but in 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 different ways and at different rates and in different ways at different times. Uh, and that has created tension at points, right? It's created, there have been points at which we were so much on a different page that you might, be, and I don't think we ever really started to realistically think about this, but there have been times in our marriage where we were on a different page and you begin, you have those thoughts where you're like, is this the beginning? Is this the beginning of us growing apart forever? Like sometimes you're like, is this is this what it feels like when you start to grow apart? Mm-hmm. Now thankfully, each and every time that has happened, it's ended up kind of fueling this, um, once we do get on the same page or, or there's some sort of reconciliation or whatever, it's this dynamic that she's talking about in the book, which is like now the desire is renewed and you feel like you're moving into a new phase. There's this, I'm not, I'm not talking about, you gotta have a little instability in order to maintain long-term stability. I'm not, I am kind of saying that, but not saying that you get to have purposeful instability. I'm just saying that it has helped maintain a certain freshness and a sense of adventure in the fact that tension. We both we both are really committed to like change. Like we kind of embrace change and there's like sort of like striving for personal change. Uh some of that has been intentional and some of that has just happened to us through life circumstance or whatever. Uh, but I kind of feel like there's been a number of key points where I felt like, oh, we're like embarking on a new journey just as, as a couple, not just as in our relationship, but just what we're doing in life. It's the same thing. It's like, I remember a good friend of mine <laughs> talked about uh, talked about his wife getting a, getting a sort of a drastically new haircut. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he, the way he was talking to it, he was just like, it's like a whole new woman, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and his point was, is that that kind of like, oh, that you can't ignore that, that is, that's a dynamic in the way that people think. And I guess some people might need that more than others, but this willingness to like be like, I'm going to kind of, I'm gonna change. I'm, cha- I'm changing myself, I'm evolving. You're evolving, you're changing. But underlying all that change is this commitment to be like, well, we're doing it for the betterment of ourselves, but we're also doing it for the betterment of our relationship long-term. Like you gotta have, there's gotta be a sense of commitment because you, you can't just rely on this, ooh, the romance comes and goes and I just gotta keep hoping that it keeps coming back. If there's not an underlying commitment to be like, no, no, we're committed to each other, then it's not gonna work. And I think it's a, yeah, there's a, a foundational commitment to love each other, which involves lots of times putting the other person before yourself. Yeah. You know, but I think there's also a commitment to continuing to like each other. That matters a whole lot. It's a di- and it's a different thing, right? It's like and I I've I feel like I did have a mentality that was like, okay, we're going to early earlier in 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 marriage that was like, okay, we're going to we're gonna figure this out, and we're just gonna have a plan, and it's all gonna, you know, we're gonna agree on everything, and everything's gonna. There's gonna be security and everything being aligned. We're gonna be like those couples. We're just gonna start looking alike and being alike, and we're gonna become one person. And that happens quite a bit, by the way. 
and it happens in what would otherwise be considered and could be considered happy couples in a sense in that they're committed and they're together. Now, but I don't think I've chosen a, that. There may not be a lot of sparks in that relationship, but it's solid and it's committed. But I think there was a shift in the fact that like, you know, when life throws crap at you or, or whatever the case may be, you just, you're changing for whatever the reasons that em, embracing that as an opportunity to, uh, to work through that with another person that you're committed to is it can be extremely rewarding, but it, but it might take a while. But knowing that I just, I'm not just falling back on a commitment to love, but I'm also pressing into a commitment to like. Yeah, definitely. Helps a lot, I think. And I, and I would say that the, another key, we're not, this is not a comprehensive, exhaustive list. It's just some observations, but I think that, well, I know that communication, it, not there's I'm sure there's couples who don't talk about the nature of their relationship or the or the quality of their relationship and how it can be better and what are the issues and that kind of thing and they may especially I would say that like baby boomers and older might be in a relationship where it's like there's they haven't talked about their relationship in 20 years but they're like what else are we going to do why else what 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 else would I do where who else would I go to this is stable this this gives me what I need uh but I would think, especially for our generation and younger, that's not gonna work, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think that uh, you've got to be able to talk about your relationship. Like, Jessie's reading this book and she's like, st- stops and like asks me questions. And we have a discussion about it and I'm gonna, I am gonna read the book um, with an intention that, well, what does this mean about our relationship? I mean, this this goes for anything. This goes for friendships, any, anything, right? Like, you gotta stop every once in a while and actually talk about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been, t- uh, we've been talking lately about, uh, we just kinda, we know couples who know couples who are like young married couples um, and like, they're, like, they haven't figured out their sex lives at all because they will not talk about it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they're, they're so not on the same page because they haven't broken through this, what I guess, I guess for some people is this awkward barrier to be like, let's talk openly about what it is we're hoping to accomplish, what you want, what I want. Yeah. And that goes for every single area. And I would just say that one of the, and Jesse and I talked about this, is like one of the things that has kind of gotten us through these transitions and these changes and these ups and downs and learning all this new stuff about ourselves is just the fact that even when it's been hard, we've talked about it. When we weren't on the same page, we were talking about not being on the same page. We didn't just not, we just didn't get off on, the, we didn't get on different pages and then stop talking to each other. There was, we, there may have been a few days where we weren't talking about it, right? but we would always get back to like, all right, Let's have a let's let's have an open dialogue about our relationship. I just don't see how it can continue without that. And I mean to kind of bring this to a conclusion. Ultimately, I'm just going to take a position of being. I'm so grateful having over 19 plus then two plus years of dating. You know, everything that Christy and I have been through individually and together. I'm just grateful that everything's an opportunity to bring you closer or to send you apart a little bit. 
and it I, and I and sometimes both one thing can do both <laughs> in 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 either order. <laughs> you know, it's such a dynamic thing. Every relationship, but I can't I can't think of any more dynamic than you know with a with a partner like being married. It's just I'm just I I I just cannot take credit for us being together and like with the stuff that we've listed out and the insights that I th- we feel like we have. A lot of it is just luck. Well, yeah, and it's just luck, fortune, blessing, whatever you want to call it. I'm extremely grateful that we find ourselves that that I've had the privilege to go through life with someone up to this point and know someone so well and still be loved and liked. It's it's an amazing feeling to be at like looking at the 20 year mark and knowing that I've got something this special that like I hoped for but knew that there were no guarantees that it that it would happen. It's it's be, kind of become the the, the a thing that uh, especially in Los Angeles, when you say you've been married for eighteen or nineteen years, people are like, "Is it just a joke? <laughs> <laughs> you guys been married that long?" Well, the, I like to interpret it as, "Oh, you look so young." First of all, but then once I get over that as not being the reason, then what? and again, and I and I completely I completely agree with everything that you said. That um, this is not based on. I, listen, I don't have. I have. If if I know anything, it's that I know a whole lot less than I thought I did at twenty. I know a whole lot less than I thought I did at thirty. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? Like with every year that passes, I'm just more aware of how little that I understand. It's kind of it's kind of intimidating, um, and how much is left to learn about the world and myself and my wife. Um. So I'm not saying that we've done anything. We, we like I, I feel very like what you said, very privileged that it's turned out this way. Because I'm sure there could have been some parallel universe. There, you know, there was an event that happened in the relationship of Rhett and Jesse that was too much for them to bear. You know what I'm saying? And I've avoid I've been able to avoid that. It's not like I oh, know there was that thing I can point to that was we almost didn't hang on, but we did. It's like no, it's like like I said. There's been ups and downs, but this has been um, an adventure of growing in partnership with somebody uh, that I still, when I think about, I get to go away for a weekend, I'm like, I get to go with her away for a weekend. And that's something that I want to do. But maybe that strong guy will be there too. (laughs) If Mark Strong is there, it'll be even better. Or just a strong guy with dogs. World class storied career, best actor of our generation, Mark Strong. He looked happy in his marriage. He's probably, been, he's he's 55 years old. Sorry, Mark, if you, but you can go on IMDb and figure that out. <laughs> he looks like he's been with his wife for a while. Got some teenage kids, looks very happy. I'm sure if Mark Strong wants to come on, we don't even have guests anymore, but if Mark Strong wants to come on and talk about how you have a strong, Marriage, uh, you are welcome anytime, sir. You can replace Link. You can sit right there in that in that, that seat. I'm all for it. <laughs> all right. You got a wreck for us? We love our wives, but mo- much more importantly, 
they love us. That's the extraordinary part. That is the crazy part. Sure, I got a wreck for you, man. Um, I, I feel like this is gonna be, this is a music recommendation. I t- dang, this is gonna be, it's gonna be polarizing. Uh-oh. For the youngsters out there, they're gonna be like, "What? Okay, I'll check it out." And I'm cool. I mean, that's cool. But like, I'm gonna recommend "Aja" by Steely Dan. I'm gonna recommend the whole album, and I'm gonna acquire it. And then I'm gonna recommend that you watch classic albums series on the making of that album because these, you know, these guys went into the, uh, the, you know, they're both dead now. But when they were living, they decided to stop. Touring as a band. Steely and Dan? Steely Dan became like a a studio band and they're like these like ultra perfectionists like making this pristine studio music. But the song Aja, A-J-A, that's a wild ride, man. And that's also the name of the album? Yeah. Crazy album. They turned Michael, uh, the song Peg is on there. They turned Michael McDonald's backup vocals into like a synthesizer. Like that got him to sing, and they mixed it in that way. It's it's crazy. Uh, it's just very uh, every choice that you could make musically, they made unexpectedly, on purpose. And the most geek, they're the, you know, to be a Steely Dan fan, like really, is like a very geeky thing to do. It's like what is uh, what activities do you recommend to do while listening to it? Um, laying in bed with headphones on while your wife sleeps, just. I go to sleep before my wife. Oh, oh, well, I wouldn't do it while she's awake. <laughs> it's just listening to music. <laughs> <laughs> you could do or, something better while or, she's awake. Or is it more than that? <laughs> what, do, what do I not understand here? Such a weird, such a weird ride that song. It's like a weird amusement park ride of music. Okay, Aja, Steely Dan. All right, this has been another ear biscuit. A little bit longer. We baked this one a little bit longer for you, but we didn't overcook it. Hopefully, <laughs> lots of lots of love and marriage and beach and pool life. Uh, let us know about what you think the keys to a, a long, a long committed relationship are, or a strong relationship specifically, if you're Mark Strong, I'm willing to read anything that you do. Uh, let us know with hashtag Ear Biscuits. We'll interact, let's interact on on, uh, on the internet. That's Thank you, we'll speak at you next week. I love you and I like you.